are you, sir? Welcome to another edition of Death Metal Dudes! That's a reference to the greatest video of all time that I've been watching all week long. Uh, just get on your computer. Of course, we're not allowed to play videos on anything. So check out uh, Democracy Manifest and just watch this dude who's been arrested for dining and dashing 60 times. And the way that he talks to police is legendary. It's cool. Man. Greatest human being of all time. He's up there. Get your hands off of my penis. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it's good. It's my fucking man. Uh, yo, so listen, uh, this week we're talking about Jack Parsons. Yep. Uh, Jack Parsons, if you have any faith at all in the Illuminati, if this is something you believe in, uh, you already know. If yeah. it's something you don't believe in, prepare to uh, have that tested because it's some absolutely logical, regular life shit that ties into some gigantic things that are generally regaled as conspiracies. Yeah. Uh, and it's unbelievable what this guy got up to. He's an occultist. He's a rocket scientist. Uh, I'm not going to spoil too much because it's going to be a two-episode series. Now, the first one, listen, you know, when we do a serial killer, we'll go all out. We look into their childhood, give you their full background. I'm not going to do anything different with this. So, you know, I understand that he didn't kill anybody, that there is a giant, there's a murder involved in this whole thing. Yeah. Most likely. Uh, it's very interesting. So there's going to be some science talk. I Listen, I don't know. I know fuck all about science. Okay. So don't expect there to be like in-depth science talk, but we're going to do, of course, like we would with anyone else, his entire biography. And he lived a very interesting life. No, he was not ripping up cats. Or fingering neighborhood kids. So it's going to be a little bit of an abnormal episode for us. Yeah. But uh, hang out with this one and learn everything you can about him. Because next week we're going to go into uh, his ties to literal Aleister Crowley, mm-hmm. L. Ron Hubbard of Scientology, the fucking nuclear bomb, and actual factual Satan. Okay? Sweet. So ride with us on this, and then next week we're going to get into some insane shit. And you need to know about Jack Parsons anyway as a fucking informed citizen. And once you learn about him and then you get the information about the wild shit that he was into. I mean, uh, I had heard about Jack Parsons years ago, and I remember vaguely hearing the things that he was tied into and then kind of put it to the back of my mind because you just take in so much shit with conspiracies, historical figures, the nuclear bomb. I mean, there's a lot going on here. Yeah. And then the more I started to read about this, the more insane it is. And it's almost like now if you could, if you were able to essentially come from humble beginnings and work your way to the most elite, this is the man who did it. You know, we're talking and we're talking back in the 19 fucking early thirties. You know what I'm saying? Before the, obviously before the uh, nuclear bomb. Uh, So yeah, that's that. And hold tight to, I don't want to, use up your valuable time, but I got some shit that I feel like I must rant upon, okay. which is essentially just the goddamn internet. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've never proposed anything political to anybody, uh, on this podcast. Don't want to, don't have an interest in doing it. And I don't have that in my own life is why, I mean, if you know anything about us, 
any of the personality you're getting from me and Buddy is just directly us. You know, we're yeah. not characters. We have no act, uh, have no volition to put on any sort of premise to like gain favor with the entertainment community whatsoever. You know, uh, I mean, I, I do stand up comedy, and and one thing that I hate, hate, hate about people who do comedy or involved in any sort of entertainment where you're dependent upon people to book you um, is, is going out of your way to make yourself look cool and not wearing yourself on your sleeve and just being a slimy person or even uh, a decent person behind a slimy doorway to just make yourself look a more presentable way for people to book you or get along with you when that's not really who you are. Uh, just the, uh, I, you know, if I didn't have the, this podcast or reasons to be putting myself online, I swear to God, I would get a flip phone right now and disassociate from all social media whatsoever. Cause, uh, you know, and, and also you've heard me say before, like, I'm not an anti PC person. You should be nice to people. Yeah. You should respect what people, uh, you know, like want to be called what people want. It's not that hard. It's easy to be nice. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, 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 you know, the, the word PC is just dumb as fuck at this point. Anyway, it's watered down. It, it like the only thing I can say to you, uh, the, what, what my feelings are on it is be nice to people that you don't know. Don't be a shithead just because you've got free time. That's, that's basically it. You know, yeah. if, uh, if someone wants you to call them a certain gender or if someone's different than you don't like blast it and make them feel bad for yeah. it. It's just regular living. Well, the big thing is like, just know that there's a gray area. Yes. That's the problem that I have. It's like, it's not black and white. It's, there's a gray area with everything, everything. Essentially what I'm trying to get at with this whole internet thing is critical thinking. Uh, we've really seemed to like the, the way that I, 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 I don't blink at all of society. I can only speak to what I see through my lens of my corner of the world of social media. The particular thing that happened in that's just, I've been over it, you know, but in my world, uh, so like, you know, people get outraged about shit these days yeah. uh, and it's nothing new. It's, it seems like it's on an upswing and then downswing and an upswing and then downswing. It's okay to have opinions. I definitely think that if you really feel a certain way, you shouldn't ho ever hold it in. You should say what you want to say about it. And I guess that's like the beauty of social media is that everyone can kind of put out there. The only thing about that is it kind of, uh, weakens everyone's opinion and then people, see opinions that they like and latch onto those. And then they lose grasp with their own opinions. Yeah. Um, but in, in my life, uh, in the last two weeks saga, uh, I had a friend that I work with get fucking fired from work, uh, because he did some shit that was dumb, very stupid one. It's like, it's this dumb, but it's like uh, kindergarten shit. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that everyone in the universe is guilty of something similar to this. Uh, the dude, and it's like an old man move too, you know, yeah. like the dude just kept getting calls on his cell phone over and over again. And it was one particular, uh, telemarketing service. And what they were trying to do, it's like, um, not even for, it was like, um, auto warranty. They're like, yo, your auto warranty is about to expire. Please. It, like the dude drives like an old beat ass Volvo. Yeah. He doesn't, uh have a new car. He doesn't have an auto warranty. Uh, apparently he had asked them to stop calling like five times and they were calling like 10 times a day. So they just caught him at the wrong time. I don't know if he was drinking or some shit. Uh, he just took his cell phone out and pushed the talk button, did not speak to anybody, did not know who was on the other end of the phone. He just did some Liam Neeson shit. And he was like, whoever you are, I'm going to find you. I'm going to kill you. And I'm going to rape your mother. 
like that's a dumb thing to say, but it's also like he's not like for sure. Any if you told that to anybody, everyone with a brain would know for 100% fact that's not even like malicious towards a direct individual. Yeah. It's like a telemarketer. The same company is calling you over and over again. You're frustrated. You pick up the phone. You're trying to be funny probably, and you yell into it. Yeah. Well, on the other end of the phone, this is like a call service from Egypt. And we live in Arkansas. So I, I, I guess the person that received the phone call from him uh, or like called him, called him, didn't receive a phone call. He didn't call them to do this. They called him. Uh, I, what happened is that they used to live in Arkansas. So they knew the 501 area code. So they went on their personal Facebook and post his number and said, hey, can someone find out who this is? Someone doxed his information and they found out that he works where you work, where I work, which of course we're not going to name. And then they just went into like an outrage and like made a flyer that said this man has been known for exuding violent behavior towards women and minorities. What the fuck? Yeah, that's a blatant lie. And it's all because someone got their feelings hurt over a phone call. Now, the, I read the post that the person put out there, and it was like, I was triggered. I'm not saying that to be funny and make fun of the word. That's what they said. I was triggered, and I cried at my desk for an hour. I couldn't work the rest of the day. Yeah. Yo, you're a telemarketer. Yeah. Do you get that happens to you 10 times a day for sure. Uh, and then you when, know, maybe, you know, maybe it is something like that. Maybe there's something that was like going on with her, you know, way yeah. before it had everything to do with him and it fucked sure. her up. But then it's like, and it brings it out. But then it's like, he shouldn't have said that. Right. Why? I agree. Why? Agreed. Why? I a hundred percent agree yeah, yeah. that you should not have said that. Um, no, I agree that. That's fucking dumb. And either way, both sides are stupid. Yeah, but so, yo, uh, that gets posted. And my man, instead of, like, wigging out and being a shithead about it, he he genuinely apologizes. And he says, like, yo, uh, I'm sorry. I did not direct that towards a person. I pushed talk on the phone, didn't speak to anyone, and just yelled that out of frustration. And then that other person was like, so you think it's okay to do that? And he was like... Well, yeah. I mean, I've been getting 10 calls a day. Uh, I didn't know that it was even a human being. I just pushed talk and yelled into it. And it like starts off with the computer. So I don't, you know what I mean? But the dude apologized like sincerely. And I know the dude, he's like one, uh, the only time I've known him to be violent is he saw a girl getting harassed by two dudes one time across the street, nothing to do with him. Like they, the girl like couldn't get into her car because two guys were like cat calling her type shit. Tony for no reason, doesn't know any of the people involved went over and punched the guy in the face. So the girl could get into the car. I just yeah. said his name. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, just, you know, he's a good person. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you, no matter how much you got your feelings hurt, the wrong thing to do is to make an outrage like that. Uh, but what it relates to everyone in the entire world is like, yo, this is what social media is full of. So when every time you see something like that, it's so easy to read the emotion in something like that and get wrapped up in it. But you got to think that on the other end of that is someone like this who is essentially not meaning malicious harm. And so now when you see someone being outraged about some shit, it's like, yo, is there a chance that you're probably greatly over-exaggerating the situation? Like emotions are bad. Yeah. It's not good to be emotional. You get and and live I mean look, uh, that's the wrong thing to say. Yeah. 
it's not good to not be able to control your emotions. Yeah. Uh, it's good to be emotional. You should feel how you want to feel. You should not hold things inside. You should let them out. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like, if something wrecks my entire week, I should be sane enough to like be as mad as I want to about it, but then be able to objectively look at the situation and decide where to take it. And, you know, 9.5 times out of 10, nothing is worth going to getting anybody in trouble over. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, it's not just that thing. It's just, and, and there's more than that. There's more than that. And the, like the way that people mimic culture now, the way that people sell culture to people who buy into it and then third wave recycle it over and over again and adopt someone else's lifestyle for themselves it's just uh, I really feel like I'm missing out on genuine human beings. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't run into very many people who have cultivated their own personality, grown up and decided that they like what they like. They're open to liking new things. You know, you can love you can love um, National Socialist black metal. You can love it and 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 not be a racist. Yeah. For example, um, you you can love dead prez yeah. and not hate white people. Like yeah. it's all relative to who you are as a person. You should be able to receive information, like things that you don't like. I mean, like obviously, you know, most people aren't cool with racism. For example, yeah, because that's just like a hot thing to talk about right now. Yeah, and most people aren't cool with racism. I mean, it's something that I've hated. You know, like when I was involved in hardcore and shit, that was like the number one objective. Like the world was not talking about racism 15 years ago. No, it was like people acted like it was dead and gone. But in hardcore, you know, it was like always a hot button issue. I mean, it's always a fight for a quote unquote fight for equality and unity. It's just the shit that you thought about all the time, like how to make the world an even playing field for everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's like now it's just bland. Yeah. You know, it's like it, it, it's almost like like. But the thing was, is motherfucker would get fucking hands put on him. That's true. And that, that's, that's a fact. That's the that's accountability that we don't have anymore. Correct. If you were if 15 years ago. You went to a hardcore show with three of your friends and you guys were hammerskins. You're a Nazi and you're acting tough and posturing. Uh, the fact is that you're going to get your fucking head caved in. Yeah, you can get shit. You know, you yeah. you are a bad person. And how can we rectify this? Could we yeah. make a post about what a terrible human you are on social media and get you fired? Like, yeah, sure, probably. But you know what we could also do is just stomp your fucking ass. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And just like the the way that people interact with each other, I don't think that violence is ever the answer for anything. No. But look, if you're mad enough to go to the lengths of ruining someone's personal life, you should just fight about it. Well, you, really, what you should do is, uh, if you can, if you're in the same area as that person, go talk to them. Yes. Figure it out. Yeah. Be like, man, is this really the case? Correct. Or does it look like this? Yeah. If it looks like this, maybe I need to approach it at a different angle. If it is like that, and you, there's no there's no middle ground. Then, I mean, I guess fist fight. About uh, but that never happens. And you make a no. great point because no. the thing that changes the great equalizer is face to face communication. There is no way that you are going to speak the same way you speak about me with no consequence online as you are face to face. And not just because I'm intimidating, but because we're human beings and that you, you're not going to say something ill about somebody like that to their face because you see their eyes. You realize that, yo, this is the same as me. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm not going to look at them across a table. It's like that uh, fucking white power documentary that's on Netflix right now. Like it's it's a it's a an, an Arab lady yeah. that goes around and interviews these dudes and like flat out asks them to call her what they would if she wasn't there and they can't do it. Yeah. Because she's a fucking human being. And the thing is when you're cut off from people like that, I'm it doesn't matter if you're racist, xenophobic, homophobic, or if you're the exact opposite side of that, you hate those people and you feel like you're going to go to ends link to be violent against them. One, you're not. Two, it's like when you sit down and talk about this shit, 90% of it goes away because the blanket's lifted. Yeah. When you sit across from a fucking human being, you just like you're, you're a psychopath. If you're going to if you're going to say something hateful and hurtful to somebody to their face like you would online yeah. and, and it cuts it all the fuck out. And uh, I think that there's a lot of value that could be had in social media and there used to be. But now, man. It's just fucking garbage. Like I, I'm. It's great. Like I, you know, like if you feel like you're, that's your medium for getting your voice out. Like great, man. Cool, you know. But uh, I'm, I'm just so spent on it, yeah. and I'm, I'm tired of of the inauthenticity in human beings, and I'm tired of the hate, and I'm tired of rhetoric from all sides of everything. Uh, like, you know, I'm going to get into the podcast and I hate that I took up your time, but I just got to get it out of my fucking chest because yeah. I, this is my medium and I'm, I'm just disgusted with how we've ended up as the passive aggressive shit and the passive aggressive shit translates over into real life. Like I did, but you know, in the workforce and other aspects of life, just the way people talk, it's like rather than, you know, if somebody does something that you don't like, um, no one anymore would be like, Hey man, I didn't appreciate that. Why did you do it? Like, yeah. that's a way to solve a problem. People would just be like, Oh, great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then they go home and type about it. Yeah. It, you know? it, we got to get past this shit. Um, and, uh, well, you call people cowards because they're racist or they're sexist or they're this or they're that, or they're, you know, right wing or left wing. But then you get online and talk shit. And then don't go talk to them face to face. So you're a coward. Correct. Pussy. Every, everyone is. You're a pussy. Everyone is. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. That's my fucking rant. Uh, we'll plug some shit before we do this. One, our wonderful producer, Mark, who spends his fucking time recording our dumb shit and uh, helping us post it online, giving us a great quality product. I'm sure if you listen since the beginning, you've obviously noticed that the production value has gone up times a million. And we got this beautiful YouTube show that you should absolutely check out on youtube.com backslash death metal dicks. He has his own podcast called Epizootics of the Blowhole. And you just type that into Apple. Uh, one, I think you should listen to it. Yeah. It's uh, four guys. It's ba- The premise is basically if you were at a bar with four of your friends, you, what, what would you talk about? And that's what they do every week. Um, so there's some pretty interesting conversation that goes on. Uh, and if you don't like that sort of podcast, cool but you like our podcast so what you should do then is just get on itunes anyway and give him a fucking five-star review yeah you know what i'm saying uh that's much appreciated because he does a lot for us and he's got his own cool shit going on so you know that's a that's a way that we can overcome bullshit is supporting things that are actually authentic yeah you know what i mean let's get back to digital tapes (laughs) or uh analog tapes you know what i'm saying uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, last thing to say on our end is, uh, the iTunes thing goes for us too. 
there's there will come a point where we're trying to do live shows on the fucking regular when our lives are a little bit more straightened out. Yeah. Uh, and venues will look at shit like, do you have a lot of comments? Like that's a way to sell ourselves. It's like, Hey, yeah. we have this many listeners and it's like, well, that's cool, but will they come? And it's like, well, we can show you that the people that listen get on to iTunes. And when we ask them to and type in five stars in a review, I'm only saying that so it makes sense to you why we keep asking you to do it. And so if you do that for us, it's incredible. Everyone that has done it, man, thank you a million. Uh, I mean, we're real low on that shit, but, you know, we, we pop into the top 200 every once in a while. And it's yeah. always after somebody put a review. It's just like, you know, how on your Instagram feed, uh, if there's a post from like six hours ago, but someone likes it, it yeah. comes back It'll up to the top. Up. Yeah, it's just like a bump. You basically bump the podcast and algorithm world. <laughs> So that's much appreciated. Uh, Patreon.com backslash death metal dicks. If you want to financially support us, that's awesome. Uh, it's not something I expect of anyone. It's a free medium, but uh, there's some people who just really love what we do. And we love that. It makes us feel like a fucking million dollars. So thank everyone that does that. We'll name them all pretty much at the end that are really kicking us cash. That's it. We love you. Yeah. Just for listening. You know, you don't have to do shit for us. Just being here means a ton because uh, we put a lot of work into this shit and uh, we love you for just just liking it. That's enough. That's enough. Um, And I'm going to talk about Jack Parsons. Again, Jack Parsons, occultist and rocket scientist. That does not sound like two things that go together. Rocket man. Sucking Satan's dick in hell alone. (laughs) Taking all the demon bones. Uh, But yeah, Jack Parsons will blow your fucking mind. You're about to get sucked in to some shit. You know what I'm saying? Prepare yeah. yourself. It's going to sound like you're watching an A&E biography for a second, but then... It goes to X-Files. Video <laughs> fast. Uh, Jack Parsons was born October 2nd, 1914 to Ruth Whiteside and Marvel Parsons. What a cool fucking name. Marvel. Yep. That was actually Jack's original name. Marvel Whiteside Parsons. They gave his middle name as his mom's last name. That's a hard name. Yeah. Marvel Whiteside Parsons. That's a old fucking Would you like to step outside and take a take a punch to the old Joyce's hole? Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, you're gonna engage in a fisticuffs out in the front door, are you? Hey, you don't talk to me, Marvel Whiteside Parsons like that, you fuck. Yeah. Mm. Uh but for whatever reason, there's literally no explanation to this. And the name does not condense into this at all. His parents decide to call him Jack. Basically because his dad is also Marvel. Yeah. Most people would like Call the kid Junior. Yeah. You know what I mean? But no, it's Jack. Oh, JR. <laughs> Man, that's fucking Jack. Uh, Ruth left Marvel Sr. almost directly after they had Jack because she discovered that for years he had been banging out prostitutes. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, with a name like Marvel. I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And also, you know what they call important me, to <laughs> list up top is that right now, in 1914, these people are fucking rich. I mean, yeah. if you couldn't tell by the name, you know someone named Marvel's got cash. Yeah. You know someone named Whiteside's got cash. Uh, rich man, 1914, you know, he's getting his dick wet. Continuously, 24-7, bad person. Uh, so she's super pissed off about that. She does not allow Marvel to have any contact with Jack. Marvel Sr. joined the army, and that's as in his adulthood. You know, he's like 20-something at this point, which is like... 1914, 20 years old it's is like, like 50, 50 years old. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because people lived to be like, what, 50 at max back then? 40? Yeah. 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 That's what I'm saying. So he made it all the way to the rank of major. 
Um, he had a half brother of Jack named Charles, and Jack only met Charles one time in his life. And the Whiteside family had more money than everyone put together. They were super loaded. Once they got a divorce, they moved the entire family out to Pasadena, California. They bought a house uh, in a place known as Millionaire Mile. I mean, they had servants. They had a household of people who did everything. The food, the laundry, the gardening, the cleanup, taking care of Jack. Uh, they, he had tutors, like live-in tutors to start with. He didn't go to school right off the bat. Uh, he didn't, so he didn't have many friends. You know what I'm saying? Like when yeah. you're growing up that way, you know, uh, he didn't go to school until he was 12. So from age one to 10, that's like critical development. That's usually when you need to be meeting other kids, developing your social side. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been around homeschooled people before, Woo! but they are socially dumb as fuck. It's a very awkward thing to tiptoe into. I, I'm they, they get it sorted out by the time they're adults, but it's just a it's a bad precedent for children. You Thanks need to time. yeah. You got to let kids hang out with other kids. Uh, that will happen naturally in public school. Because what happens is your parents are your best friend. Yeah, and that's then no you're good. Talking to them about you jacking off. Yeah, for sure. Or playing with the old bean. That's correct. Uh, man, you remember? Well, of course you remember. But the audience, if they're new, they might not know that I my job used to be teaching Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, I taught kids. And so I was close with like a lot of the families that I taught their kids because their kids had been doing jujitsu with me for like four years. Yeah. So we, I was cool with a lot of the parents and we would hang out and talk. And one of their parents, and they were like homeschool kids. Yeah. And one of their parents was telling me about when their kids started jacking off. Yeah. But they were just like, yeah, he was like eight or nine. And he would just like sit in the living room and like kind of start doing it in his pants. What the fuck? Yeah. And just like, yo, but they would like, they would, they didn't like, they were cool parents, you know, yeah. they didn't like get in his ass. They were just like. Uh, that's something that, uh, it's okay. You know, yeah. it's regular, but you definitely need to do that in the comfort of your bedroom. Yeah. My parents figured bathroom. out real quick what I was doing. Yeah. Like, He's taking a lot of baths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I witnessed your grandpa yeah. catching you jacking off as an adult. Yeah. I don't believe it. I do it every day. I mean, do you remember when it was, uh, so buddy does this, like he still kind of does it, but used to be way worse about it. If you were in the bathroom and you were near buddy, like virgin buddy before, and remember buddy didn't lose his virginity until he was 21. Yeah. So if you were in the vicinity of virgin buddy, yeah. uh, and you were in the bathroom, he I'd was shoot on your shoe. He was going to break into it and do something that you didn't like to disrupt your bathroom time. Yeah. Uh, so you just had to like basically barricade the fucking door. So sometimes you would want to like come up on buddy. And so I went to his house and again, he also lived with his grandparents when he was like 20. Yeah. Uh, and I was, he, and his grandpa was like, well, or he's taking a shower right now. Or let's go get him out. He's been in there for a long time. And I was like, all right, I'm going to sneak up on him. So I go and like slide the bathroom door open and I start to walk in and then I see you, your back is turned. You don't know the doors open and you're like up on your tiptoes, furiously masturbating. Like I don't see your dick, but I see your elbow just fucking yeah. going at it and you're up on your tiptoes, which was hilarious to me. Yeah. And, uh, your grandpa was like, Rooster. and I was like, don't, 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 don't. And he just walked. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> one time I shaved, one time I shaved my, my junk and walked out. I didn't know they were home. Yeah. And he was like, only women shave their cunts. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are, is there like a cunt quota you, that you have to get in per podcast? Yep. Cunt, cunt, because, cunt. <laughs> because once I got onto you for saying it one time, I've noticed. Yeah. I got ODD. You're on a got, real upswing of saying it. I got ODD, man. Optional defiant disorder. You tell me not to do something, I'm fucking doing it. 
Yeah, all right. Don't get beat up outside. <laughs> yeah. Man, I'm doing the opposite of that shit. Oh, yeah? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your plan, bud? You'll find out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, you know, instead of having friends, what he did have is he loved Arthurian legend, which is King Arthur shit. He loved reading about King Arthur. Uh, he loved Arabian Nights, 1001 Arabian Nights. Loved Jules Verne, which is like uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Good book. That type of shit. Yeah, it's good. good cool, Arthur. That's old school science fiction. Loved to read pulp magazines like Amazing Stories, which, you know, is Conan. You know what I mean? Yeah, Hard. Yeah. He's into cool shit. Like, I'm not mad at with the kid. And in 1914, this shit's cool as hell, you oh, know? Yeah. Uh, but that Amazing Stories is how he got into rockets. That's where he learned about uh, projecting things into space. Because, again, space travel... Like, I'm sure everyone that's alive right now has noticed that science fiction kind of sets a lot of precedent for things that actually come true. Yeah. That space travel was not thought of at this time. No. But in science fiction, in Jules Verne type shit, it fact, was. They were like, man, that's, you're dumb. Yeah. You know, that's, oh, yeah, that's sure. impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Man. What do you mean, space? There's no fucking space. <laughs> this is all we got, idiot. Mm-hmm. It says right here, God made Earth in seven days. It doesn't say a goddamn thing about space in this motherfucker. Yeah, in one ear and out the other, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's how he got into rockets. Uh, like I said, he went to school, a public school when he was 12, and his first school was Washington Junior High. Basically, Jack Parsons suffered from undiagnosed dyslexia because he was super smart. And like I said, he worked with private tutors who, assumed, they were like, uh, university professors yeah. that assumed he was far ahead of the normal kids learning curve, but he did bad in school. Yeah. I mean, most people that have dyslexia are pretty goddamn smart. Yeah. He just couldn't read things. It's just a different way. Their brain learns differently. Yes. Yeah. yeah and plus, you know, if you're probably ADD, you know, yeah, something going on. Usually, he had problems. Usually learning dyslexic. You got ADHD. Never tied it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was also, relentlessly bullied for being super rich and he was super effeminate. Okay. So when you take that shit to a normal public school, you can expect it. You know, you don't want people to know hot tip. If you're a four year old listening right now and your parents are loaded, uh, don't ever tell anybody. It's not going to work out. People aren't going to like you because you have money. Yeah. They're going to do the opposite of that. They're going to hate you because you have money. Beg your mom for a Conan. Now, if your mom's the only one raising you. Yeah, Conan. You need Conan to raise you too. Uh, on the bright side, he made his lifelong best friend, Edward Foreman. And Edward Foreman was bigger. He defended Jack from bullies. And he became friends with Jack because he also liked rockets. And he liked explosions. He liked blowing shit up. Yeah. And he loved Jack because Jack was like already very knowledgeable about explosives, rockets, and he also had resources to do that. You know, he could, he had money so he could get things like model rockets, bottle rockets, fireworks, all types of shit that the, uh, that, um, Edward would have never been able to have been exposed to before. Yeah. So he was a good friend and legitimately, I mean, I'm talking a lifelong friend, which you're going to hear about him the entire time. Um, they started a crew right away with each other called Per Aspera Adastra, which is a cool fucking thing that means through hardship to the stars. Hard. Tight. I love to hear the word hardship. Yeah, man. Uh, they started building rockets 
together at Jack's house. And what they would do is they would take the gunpowder out of cherry bombs to start with and just make like a giant explosion and put craters in his fucking yard. They were so big. Yeah. Yeah. And then they started to like make rocket shapes. And just based on seeing the picture of rockets in uh, science fiction fucking magazines, just seeing the picture, this kid was like trying to find heavy enough material and, and light enough that it would be projected and build rockets. Now, they weren't exactly super successful, but the ingenuity, again, we're talking about like 1920 right now. The ingenuity to do that is... This is the first thing that really blew my mind about Jack Parsons. He's not learning it in school. He's learning it from science fiction magazines. Yeah. And he's going out and doing it. And and you know how just the attitude of kids around this time, because um, like I was raised by my grandparents who were raised in like the 20s. Yeah. And they're on some suit like children should not be heard. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you should not, not heard. Yeah, keep your fucking yeah. mouth shut. Don't go exploring. Don't come up with any ideas. Listen to us only. Yeah. Is, is basically how they were raised. Yeah. And so it's just a time that doesn't really allow for that. I, I guess that privilege has something to do with it. Um, they got in trouble for blowing holes in his yard. So they started going to the Arroyo Seco Canyon and they started shooting off rockets down there. And Jack had the know-how, again, and the resources, the money, um, and he was building this shit just off of intuition. You know, it's incredible to me. Uh, as young as 14, uh, Jack Parsons started looking into occultism. Again, it's probably through like Amazing Tales. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they, they did a lot of shit like Conan uh, and, and just like uh, like Sherlock Holmes shit was like people traveling the world. So probably read about it in like a mystery and was interested by it and started looking deep into it and got swept away with it to start with. Yeah. Uh, he actually performed a ritual in his room intended to invoke the devil into his bedroom. And he got so scared that he actually did it that he quit messing with Satan. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's probably like, oh, my God, I, I think that I brought him here. And, oh, holy shit, I, I, I don't want the devil watching me jack off to Conan novels. You could jack to Conan novels for oh, sure. Oh, yeah, because uh, there's like 45 minutes of each one. Yeah, where, he just pounds. Yeah, man. but it, it talks about like how he undresses them. Yeah. And he talks so fucking like, like not bad. But just like direct yeah. and sexually, it's he's like always a, like he's uh, like a sexual authoritarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like he's like, listen, we're from two different worlds, ma'am, but we're built for one thing. Yeah. I'm rock hard, made of steel. You are soft and supple. Your insides are made to receive my outsides. So let us coagulate through the power. He always like fucked him on top of tigers and stuff. Oh yeah, That's for so sure. Cool. Yeah, yeah they're always like on top of a mythical beast, man. Like riding a fucking. If you could fuck on any bed, let it be a tiger, man. <laughs> yeah, yo. If if tigers are down, look, I would highly recommend. If you are around a tiger and it's cool with you smashing on top of it, then for sure. And I feel like a tiger would. Like cats love sex. They're like rough sex, man. I did. I saw a video of a cat sucking another cat's dick. Did you see that? Uh-uh. Oh like a, like my a house cat? god! Yo, yeah, two of them. Yeah. One's on its back, and they look like the same cat, so they're probably brothers. And uh, you know how cats like make biscuits? Yeah. Yo, it's doing it on its balls. Man, that's gonna be good. And it's got <laughs> it's got its dick in its mouth. And it's literally sucking it. He's getting totem pole. How's a cat? <laughs> How's a cat know how to suck a dick? Hey man, that's just nature. Is it? And nurture. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was insane to me. Uh, Let yeah. me take care uh, also, of Also, another problem with the internet. It's very graphic. I didn't really want to see it. Yeah. But once it came up, it's like, yo, I mean, I'm in this thing. Yeah, you done saw the title. Yeah. Like, hey. I, no, I didn't know. It wasn't titled that. Oh, okay. You know how it's shit like covered up that says graphic video now? Yeah. And, and when you click on them, it's like right in the middle of some ill shit. Mm-hmm. It didn't say what it was. It was just like graphic videos. So, of course, I clicked on that shit. It was just like, oh, my God. It's usually people getting like ripped in half. Yeah, but I I would have rather seen that probably. I felt dirty, but uh, you know I had to watch to see if the other cat was gonna finish or what. You know I like what watching mean? that small dog fuck that big dog with barfs. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah, oh, those man. pit bulls. That dude just fucking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, animals are cool, man. They've they've got a way more fun grasp of sex than we do, man. I, I'm you know we often go on side trails. I'm just glad it's about animal sex right now. <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, John Murtis Foreman is the, I'm sorry, John Murr High School. I can't read my own fucking handwriting. You know how much that happens? I should just be honest about it. A lot of times I get in here and I've just scrawled some shit and can't read it. Um, John Murr High School is where both the boys went to school at. It was the neighborhood school. Uh, Jack, again, was having trouble with school. He did terrible, was failing everything. Uh, But he started fencing and doing archery, and he loved that shit. So, I mean, he really wanted to stay there and pursue that, but his grades were dog shit. Again, it's because of undiagnosed dyslexia, probably ADD. And also when you're smart as fuck, it's like, you know, you already know the shit. So you don't want to do it anymore. You don't want to hear it anymore. Probably, honestly, like having a college level tutor his whole life. Yeah. It severely fucked up his learning process. Now, I can tell you one thing working at a shelter, dude, when you get a kid that's smarter than you are, and that happens, that doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen in the classroom where there is a kid that is smarter than the teacher. Yeah. That's got to be the most frustrating thing. It does happen where I work at sometimes with the kids. It's like, you know, yeah. Hey. Yeah, you can't be like mad and, at them. And the, and the adults, you know, they always on an ego trip because that's a kid. Yeah. But I don't do that shit. I'm ridiculous. like, man, you're right. You got, you proved your point. You're yeah. good. You know? Yeah. It's awesome that you're smart. I guess the the thing is, it's like, yo, you're smart in this regard, and that's fucking awesome. But go do some dumb shit. Yeah, but you know, you're a kid, so there's like a lot of mistakes you're gonna make. So just chill and like soak it all in. You gotta suck the hormones out of them. That's really what you gotta do. You just gotta get it. Can them. you word it better? Why? Oh yeah, get a needle and get the hormones out. Uh, okay, because when you say suck the hormones out, it just sounds like yeah, no, sucking a kid's. No, no. Yeah, okay. I'm just saying. You said it. I'm. I'm saying. I got you, man. Yeah, okay. but that is not what I meant. I know you didn't. But you don't want you, you just don't want it out there like that, yeah, right? Yeah, All right, yeah, perfect. Right. <laughs> uh, his mom, because of his poor grades, sent him to Brown Military Academy for boys, which was some super expensive, exclusive shit. Uh, immediately got expelled for blowing up toilets. Fuck yeah, man! This well, kid's cool. He's cool as fuck. <laughs> I, 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 like, so far, I love him. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like a cherry bomb that. You know, the, those M80s that you can get today, they're uh-huh. not shit. They would not blow up a toilet. Man, whenever a fucking uh, junior blows up the principal from the school and problem child. Yeah. Flushes it and goes love up. it. Blows it, man. That's my yeah. favorite shit. Yeah. I love well, a mischievous That's kid. the actual Jack Parsons shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? He literally blew up the toilets at this academy, and they just got rid of his. It's a military school, so it's, like, supposed to harden up trouble kids, and he was too hard for it. <laughs> he just, like, you blew the what up? Get the fuck out of here. But I'm trying to be in... Nope, nope, nope. Shut the fuck up and go. <laughs> Pack your bags. Back to your house. He can never come back. He's a commode blower. <laughs> yeah, getting kicked out of military school seems so hard to me. Yeah. You're too much for us. Uh, as a young adult, um, basically during the end of high school, Parsons went on a year tour of Europe. Upon coming back to Pasadena, 
This is when the economy had basically crashed. It's the this Great Depression is setting in, and the family that's from old money, years of wealth, they had to let go of the help and downgrade to a much smaller house because of the fucking Great Depression. 1931 made it even harder because Jack Parsons' grandpa died. Uh, Jack starts school at a private-run school, and this is a high school hilariously called University School. Which uh, university means school. So you're just saying school, school. It's ridiculous. You yeah. should. That's where. That's when you want to go to private school, but now you're broke. So you just have to send your kid to fucking school, school. Yeah. Uh, he becomes the top student in the school because the one cool thing about it is like a progressive type of learning. It's not the same type of. Like a like, hippie school? Yeah, probably, but it's not hippie time yet. But they're not doing like the same book and paper shit. Uh, all the teachers that came were PhD students at Caltech. They noticed that Jack was interested in rockets and explosives, and they funneled his interest to get him excited about chemistry. In in school, again, this kid uh, is like most likely dyslexic, and he wins the award for literary excellence. Damn, smart. Yeah, is what I'm getting at. Uh, his family starts doing so poor that he has to get a weekend job, and he gets it at the Hercules Powder Company where he learns about explosives and how they can be used in rocket propulsion. Seems like a cool job. You like blowing shit up. There's a fireworks plant nearby. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Jack and uh, Foreman still worked independently on rockets the entire time, and Jack began stealing explosive material from work. Obviously, that's an obvious move. You know, you're 16 years old. You got a job. Let me tell you this. When I was 16 and had a job, there there wasn't a goddamn thing that I would not pilfer given the opportunity. Oh, yeah, absolutely I'm 16, man. If I'm at a restaurant, yo, I'm going to tell you, you're losing pounds of food per hour. (laughs) It's coming with me. If my friends come in, they're eating for free. Yeah. Uh, when I go home at night, uh, my friends that will be at my house are eating for free. If there's alcohol around, uh, my friends will be drinking that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. a community. I'm just taking care of everyone. I yeah. appreciate the opportunity to do this, and I'm exploiting it. Yep. So but this guy was doing that with motherfucking explosives, and I like that a lot. Uh, Jack began corresponding with pioneer rocket engineers. This is, again, pre-internet shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a feeling that it wasn't too often when a kid would reach out to somebody who's famous. I mean, not famous, but in the community that he's into something. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it started reaching out to people via phone, including uh, famous engineers Goddard, Oberth, Kenastaden, Tosolvowski, which I know is a big deal, but I don't know who the fuck he is still. And uh, most notably, Werner von Braun. Yeah. Uh, who spoke to Werner spoke to Jack Parsons for hours on the phone about rocketry. He was just stoked to have someone to talk to. Uh, So Jack and Foreman constructed a solid fuel rocket engine, solid fuel. Apparently that was like the going thing. And and basically it's gunpowder, right? Like he was stealing that shit. They built this rocket engine together and then they're still high school students. Yeah. So impressive as hell. Yeah. Wouldn't it like it was like tar mixed with some other shit. It was like mixed with uh, gunpowder and something else. Yeah, they basically found like uh, petroleum, you know, tar. Yeah. uh, That was like an accelerant, but like they basically made napalm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, found a way to like funnel it into continuously burning powerfully enough to like push something along. Yeah. Uh, Off the top of their heads. No instructions. Uh, You know, he talked to these people on the phone, got a general idea, and then as like a 17 year old just went the fuck and did it. Uh, he graduated university school in 1933, where he then moved into an even smaller house with his mom and grandma. He started Pasadena Junior College 
dropped out after one term due to money trouble and started permanent work at Hercules Power Company and their plant in Hercules, California, which is in San Francisco Bay. Uh, good wage for the Great Depression. He was making $100 a month, but he started getting gnarly headaches all day, every day from exposure to nitroglycerin. He's suffering through it because he wants to go to Stanford, but he just figures after a few months of saving that it's too expensive and returns to Pasadena. Yeah. Damn. What a wild fucker, man. Yo, I mean, the kid is a, a bad motherfucker. He's a punk, man. I, and people did get, uh, I mean, not to discredit him, mm-hmm. but when the Great Depression hit countrywide, people had to get very creative and find any way they could to make money. Because, uh, you know, we've never seen an economic crisis like that, but, you know, everyone was fucking broke. Didn't yeah. matter if you were rich before. Shit was getting leveled out. And I'm, I'm saying that at the level that it was like hard to get food and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were almost on some third world shit for a while. Yeah. So, you know, people and, and also there was no like another problem that I have with social media and, and why I guess it kind of ties into all this is that uh, innovation is kind of like it, the, the room for growth is there, but people follow other people's examples way too much. Uh, the, you know, the, to me, it's always been the right thing to do to carve your own path do your own shit. But people see something that's attractive to them and they just copycat it. Like, Oh, I want to do this. This person's doing this. So let me just do exactly what they're doing. And that doesn't work most of the time, in my opinion. So he, you know, he's free of those type of shackles. He's just out on his own. Uh, He feels like he can do anything when you feel like that when you're 18 anyway, basically. And he's fucking going for it. Yeah. Uh, Him and Foreman attended a lecture on the work of Ewan Sanger, who is an Austrian rocket engineer with hopes to make connections at Caltech and use their state-of-the-art laboratory. The lecture was given by William Belay, who was a Ph.D. student specializing in rocket-powered aircraft. The duo approached him to express their interest in designing a liquid-filled rocket motor. Belay redirected the boys to another Ph.D. student, Frank Molina, who was a mathematician and mechanical engineer. This friendship actually works out, and Molina helps them apply for Caltech funding. Uh, And they have to come up with, like, they have to explain what they want money for, and they're smart enough to know, and I'm sure Molina got in their ear about it too, that they can't just be out here saying like, yo, we're trying to get the space, we're trying to make rockets to reach the stars, which is again, what they're doing. If you forgot, that's yeah. the whole reason they're not just building rockets because they think rockets are cool. That's part of it for sure. But they really want to physically themselves get to space them, yeah. like not send a man to space, them go to space. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're trying to figure out how to make that happen. You can, then that's like science fiction. Again, it's not looked upon as an as a probable thing at the time, so they have to come up with a reason that they're making rockets. Well, also, it's kind of a threat to Christianity because then oh, for sure, crashes every, you know, yeah, exactly. Which is probably why it's not really talked about. God made the earth, yeah, and the heavens. What's beyond earth? Fucking heaven or hell, depending on if you're an asshole or not. Yeah. So, anything other than that, it's demonic. Yeah, correct. Including stars. Yeah, that's where demons come. Mm-hmm. They're portals. Yeah. But squirt portals. Squirt portals? Yeah, squirtles. I think that's a Pokemon. That's a Pokemon. Yeah. Or it's the nickname of some girl who just really rips them out, man. <laughs> Billy Ocean. That's yeah. one of the funniest rap lyrics of all time. She skeets so much, they call her Billy Ocean. 
The Ying Yang Twins are really on some shit. They're also good rappers. Yeah, but skeet so much. <laughs> it's just, what is the amount of skeet? How much skeet does one produce? And now in rap music, they just straight call pussies ocean. It's great. Yeah. I would never pop that open the ocean to me. Whenever somebody gets on top of you, man, they just call it topping somebody. Yeah. Yeah, man. I saw that today. Are you sure? Because I think topping is when like you're a dude and you're fucking a a man who likes taking it in the ass, aka a bottom. I guess, but then I, I saw something where some oh, I mean, girl. That's said, a fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I saw something where some girl says she would buy her uh, if she had a boyfriend. She'd buy him two K and top him while he played. <laughs> I was like, that's kind of cool. Uh, well, sloppy top is head. Sloppy top. So she probably, yeah, yeah. You never heard that before? No, man. That that's like sloppy top. <laughs> that sounds like a wet spinner, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, that's, that's getting your dick sucked. So I'm pretty sure that topping is getting your dick sucked, and you assume the rest of it. <laughs> Toppy sloppy, man. man uh, what's 2K? A video game? Yeah. So like you just basketball, playing basketball, video games, mm. get your dick sucked. That's a cool life. Yeah, that's red. Uh, she's probably not really doing that though. Mm. No. Maybe once. She worked at Wendy's. Oh, this was a person. Yeah, not like a celeb. Yeah, it wasn't like a meme. It was a woman. Oh, yeah. Saying she's going to use her Wendy's money. That's love, dude. Man, hey. You don't make a lot of Wendy's. And a video games are like 60 bucks. Yeah. So she's using like half of her goddamn Wendy's check to give this man a gift and then suck his dick. And yo, she's probably I don't know if it's sucking the dick. Yes, it is. It's, it's be it, it for sure is. Like you, I I know for a fact it is. Wow, that's cool, man. Yeah, and so he's probably getting fries, baconators. Oh, dripping it on the back of her head while God. she's topping. This is a great person, buddy. I'm glad you know him. Could, I don't just, know him, but I mean, kudos. Just, yeah, yeah. I don't know him. So, yeah. who in your depository of casual acquaintances works at Wendy's? I mean, don't say their name, but I mean, I don't know her, but it is somebody from where we live. Okay. And then somebody reposted what she said, and I was like, oh. I, I was like, this is is this a random <laughs> yeah, person? No, it's so incredible. I clicked yeah. on it, and I was like, hey, Where's the Wendy's, yo, so hey, man, man. and I'm Good not making her, and I'm not making fun of that. Shit. No, that's cool. I'm man. literally saying it's the yeah. raddest shit of all time. Yeah. I'm mean, saying Wendy's money, yeah. video games expensive. That's real love. That's cool, man. I wanted to know what love is. Getting sucked by an employee of Wendy's. That's what it is, man. Absolutely. I 100% back that shit. Uh, so they come up with the reason of weaponry. I mean, that makes sense. You know, we're basically in World War One. World War II is on the verge. Yo, you got to make some weapons. You got to figure out how to get bombs from point A to point B. And, you know, old scientists aren't into that sci-fi bullshit. So after a couple of rejections... Theodore von Karman saw more promise in the crew than the other nerds that shut him down and allowed the squad to operate under the auspices of Caltech's Guggenheim Aeronautical Laboratory, a.k.a. G-A-L-C-I-T, Guggenheim Aeronautical Laboratory, Caltech. Uh, So they uh, they adopted the name... G-A-L-C-I-T Rocket Research Group. That's the name of the crew now. Uh, They were allowed to use Caltech's equipment, but the economics of the Great Depression left Caltech with no extra money for funding. The three focused their individual skills on collaborative rocket development, and Parsons was the chemist, Foreman was the machinist, and Molina was the technical theoretician, which sounds very cool. 
But basically, Molina had to wrangle Parsons because he didn't have the discipline you'd get from college, which I guess is the entire point of college is learning how to pen and paper shit. Uh, Parsons and Foreman would wild out, and whatever came to Parsons' mind, they would try to build. Molina would be a buzzkill college boy, and he was trying to enforce scientific discipline the entire time. But their lack of discipline forced Molina to actually build rockets and not just solve problems on paper. So it's a functional, well-working trio. They seemed cool as fuck to me. This entire thing seems fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, just three friends building rockets, having a great time. Uh, they were socialists. Okay. They operated on an egalitarian basis. Uh, so Molina provided all the school shit. Parsons and Foreman brought the gunpowder, know-how, and innovation, and they would get high as fuck. They would smoke weed at this day and age. That's some wild shit. I understand it's California and it's probably yeah, like yeah. semi-regular, but for college kids, dude, that's some ill shit. I mean, yeah. it ain't the '60s yet. You know what Them I mean? Boys is wild, man. Wild. Uh, they would get drunk and they would sit around and dream. So much so, it led Molina and Parsons to write a shitty sci-fi screenplay about their squad reaching space together and went heavy-handed on anti-capitalist and pacifist themes. Basically, we're dealing with some rocket punks. Yeah, we are. They're anti-capitalism. It's got to be. Yeah, oh, it's cool, man. man they're it's with, cool. They're with the shit. You listen. I mean, what are they, they got to be reading some Nietzsche every once in a while. Somebody's yeah. reading it to Jack. Oh, though. for sure. Somebody's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's not looking at the page. It's like, just listen, man. And then like, <laughs> you gotta he hear gets about, a hard Man, list. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. He's like, this philosopher was blowing my mind so hard the other day. He would tell me, just let it go. Let it go. And I went up all off in your brain. He did, man. He did. Uh. Growing older now, Parsons met his wife, Helen Northup, at a church dance, immediately asked her to marry him. Because as cool as they are, you got to remember, these are dorks. Oh, yeah. They're cool to us, but they're fucking nerds. So, of course, he asked the first girl that he ever dances with to marry him. What? Yeah, dude. Yo. Oh, he's homeschooled. He's a nerd. He's He's a homeschooled nerd. Uh, They get married. She says yes in July of 1934, which is right when they met. Married by April 1935. They have a nice honeymoon in San Diego, same state, not a lot of money. Then move to Pasadena together. Parson bails on the firework company uh, that he's been working for, Hercules, and works for another. Which, how many goddamn explosives company are there in Pasadena, California? What the fuck? It makes sense, man, because it was like gold mining was big. Yeah. And so they're they're using dynamite to blow shit up to find gold. Oh, yeah, look at you, fucking smart guy, putting it together. Uh, He moves to the Halifax Powder Company in Sagas. Uh, Let me also take this moment to say, if you're young, Mm -hmm. okay, uh, men, don't get married when you're poor and you're hungry for a dream. Uh if you are directly in your mind on a path to do something, if you have a goal that you're working towards it, for sure, have a relationship. That's fine. But t- like making a family when you're scraping around, trying to do something that's unfunded, you have to make happen for yourself. Don't, don't fucking get married. You know what I'm saying? Do it by yourself and, and then get married. Yeah. And, and be very open with where your life is going because uh, your wife is not going to hate, is not going to like that shit. Yeah. She's not going to like you spending all your time and, and making no money. You know what I mean? Uh, Helen hates that all his free time is spent at the GLCIT Rocket Research Group. 
Uh, and the shit costs money too. Remember, they have no funding. So for rocket money, this dude is manufacturing nitroglycerin in he and his wife's home. That's cool. It's cool, but it's not something your wife's going to be into. No. You know what I'm saying? Like, if me and you got a place and we're making explosives, hit me in hell yeah. But uh, if our wives are in living with us and we're, like, going to p- potentially blow up the house and make an illegal substance, they're not going to be with that shit. My wife might be. Shut the fuck up. My wife You're such be. a fake dipshit. I'm not being My fake. life is so great. Shut no, the fuck up, man. Suck my dick. No. Uh, fucking <laughs> Jack Parsons being out of money and, and really believing in what he's got going on fucks up bad and keeps asking Helen's family for loans eventually sells Helen's engagement ring. Yo, you're fucking up. Yeah. That's all dumb. Was she rich? No. Okay. No one's rich right now. Yeah. No one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jack Parsons and Foreman started getting restless because with this group, they're coming up with all sorts of theories, all sorts of formulas, all sorts of ideas on what they could be doing, the math behind it, but they're not actually testing rockets, not even making model rockets. So they, they sit Molina down and they compromise and decide to put money on building a working static rocket motor before getting too complex and wasting money. Uh, they meet with Goddard in Roswell, New Mexico. And Goddard is one of the scientists I was referring to earlier. Yeah. Uh, liquid. He is a liquid fuel rocket pioneer. But he will not work with the boys because he had been shit on by the scientific community for working on rockets. Again, science hated space. So this guy was making liquid-fueled rockets. They wanted to know what for, what's wrong with solid-fueled rockets. He said, well, once you get into space, the propulsion has to keep going this way. And they're like, yo, 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 yo. What did you say? When you get into space, this fucking dork. Fuck this guy. Yeah. And so he was very reluctant to do anything with anybody and let information on what he was doing out. Also, notice I just said Roswell, New Mexico. Yeah. Yep. You, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Area 51? Yep. X-Files? Yep. Bling, 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 bling. <laughs> Very well-timed burp. Uh, the fucking crew needs money, so they enlist. You ready? Yeah. William C. Rockefeller. Yeah. Once again, Illuminati shit. If you're not into that, if you're not into conspiracy shit, I understand. Because a lot of it is terrible information. you got a lot of idiots out there saying a lot of stupid things, over-exaggerating, and coming up with wild ideas, false flags, um, school shootings being a hoax. That's a problem. That's lies. That's bullshit. But what is a 100% fucking fact is one of the wealthiest families in America, one of their children in their 40s decided to move to California to financially back... Three dudes that are playing with rockets. Think the, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not out of off, off base here, right? No. Uh, and Rudolph shot and a few more people shot was mainly used for his pickup truck to transport equipment. Of course, Rockefeller had tons of money. Uh, the first liquid fuel motor test took place near the devil's gate dam, which is going to come up in the creepy shit later on in the Arroyo Seco Canyon, where they had been doing experiments on Halloween, 1936. Hey. Bonfires burning bright. Let me see your bunghole tight. Shooting rockets in the night. I remember. 
Bungaween. <laughs> yeah, Bungaween, dude. <laughs> Man, that's what we're calling it this year, dude. Y'all get ready for Bungaween. Man, that's our favorite Beavis and, and Butthead episode, man. Bungaween. No, that's Butterween. It's the same. Yeah, we got Bungaween, man. Trademark that shit. That's a shirt. Yo, we should make Bungaween shirts. Yeah, man. Real shit. Let's get on uh, it. Bungaween shirts. But we're you... like, but we look like Beavis and Butthead. Now remind me, dude. Uh, somebody hit us up on the on the the, the, the problem with like the Facebook uh, fan page shit is I don't ever get messages from it myself. Yeah, I don't ever see anything. Somebody hit us up about designing a shirt, so we need to get with them and get with them about Bungaween because that's some ill shit. That's a great mm-hmm. idea. I'm just putting it here out in space. Uh, uh, if you like that comment, remind us. You can get in our Facebook group. Just search oh, Death Metal fuck. Dicks on Facebook. What? I remember it, but I don't remember it. It's okay. We'll figure it out. Uh, but just, you know, if you're into Bungaween, let's hear about it. Let's Bung. make this shit happen. Bungaween. We're going to have a good time. Make some cool shirts. If you have any design ideas, hit us up. Uh, yo. So the first three attempts to shoot the rocket off on Halloween failed. Attempt number four, the oxygen line ignited and sprayed fire at the group. So they knew at least that their ignition system worked. And it didn't work the right way. So they didn't give up on it. They keep trying to just improve it. Finally got the rocket up in January of 1937. Then Von Karman was impressed enough to agree that they could perform their next experiments at an exclusive rocket testing facility on campus, which is a big deal. Yeah. It means that they're, they don't need funding anymore because they got Rockefeller money. Yeah. But the fact that they're, they're basically their uh, tools, their space, uh, they're going to have on-site professional equipment to like put a rocket on instead of just going out to the desert and firing that fucker off. Yeah. Uh, Parsons was, this is where he started to get known throughout America. He was an expert explosives witness in the trial of Captain Earl Kinnett. Earl Kinnett was the head of the Los Angeles Police Department Intelligence Division He planted a car bomb in former LAPD detective Henry Raymond's car because Henry Raymond whistle blew on police corruption. So cops have been shit forever. Pretty much. Uh, Blew the guy up. What they did is they had Parsons examine the device and then come in and speak about how it was built. That crucial piece of evidence convicted Earl Kinnett. He basically tied him to being the person that had it made. He knew enough about explosives to know where it was made at. Then they were able to link Earl with the purchase. So bam, that's how you figure out who blew a motherfucker up. Yep. And that was an, that was a big deal because it's police corruption shit in the news that no one had ever heard of anything like that. Um, he became well known as a scientific expert, even though he lacked formal education off of that. He received a scholarship to attend the university of Southern California for chemistry. But when he went to school, he already knew all that shit and was bored as hell. So he made poor grades and they dropped the scholarship. The GAL CTI rocket club made a static rocket motor burn for over a minute, which is the first time that that had ever happened before. Uh, because of that, he was invited to lecture on his rocketry at Los Angeles Science Fiction League. And there he met a teenage Ray Bradbury. Dun, 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 dun. Tremendous author, mm-hmm. science fiction author, Fahrenheit 454. What else? 
I'll type this shit. I don't I'm know. stupid as shit. But yeah. uh, Fahrenheit 451. That's what I most remember mm-hmm. him for. Um, G-A-L-C-I-T adds a new member. Chinese mathematician Quinn Zhushin. Which I think is how you say it. His name is spelled X-U-E-S-E-N. That's some shit that you're like a two-year-old would say. Queen Shusha. Yeah. That's about right, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, they also recruit Weld Arnold, who was just a photographer, and he was a lab assistant in town. But the thing is, is like this group is starting to get a lot of attention for what they've got going on. And he's a photographer, so he donated a handsome chunk of money to the crew, and they let him join. No problem. They also acquires Sidney Weinbaum, who's a Jewish refugee from Europe. Now, uh, Operation Paperclip. Mm-hmm. This shit is going to tie into that. Oh, oh for sure. Uh, tell us about Operation Paperclip. I can't remember right now. I'm drunk. God damn, you're like this conspiracy. Know, man. Uh, Operation Paperclip is basically um, Nazi scientists coming over to America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they didn't get tried. They didn't get tried after the war. They all came over and... They were recruited by uh, CIA in the United States to work on explosives and aircraft. And again, undisputable, absolute fact. Yeah. Uh, Nazi scientists who did terrible things, horrible things, uh, just got a free pass. Yeah. They were working on a lot of things that were uh, resembled resembled as uh, UFO technology and some other things, which was rumored that they got the information from aliens. Aliens, yeah. No, that's cool. That is cool as fuck. Be a Nazi, not cool. Uh, a lot different back then than it would be now. You know, now, if I said that uh, you look uh, real Mexican today, yeah. then I would be a Nazi. I just remembered who you were talking about. Who? Miss Bradshaw. Okay. You don't have to bring it up yeah, now. I'm we're sorry. all good. I know. I'm uh, just awesome. Uh, <laughs> the group became known by the press as the Suicide Squad. And they start to be nationally known for their rocket experiments. I mean, basically everyone is watching this. Uh, who, you know, in a in a desperate time in the country, what could be more interesting than the idea of getting off of this fucking planet that is a shithole yeah. and going to another one? Nothing. So everyone's starting to back what they're doing, which is really cool. Or really just aircraft with missiles. Like, you know. All of the above. Dude. Whenever World War II All is of the above. right around the corner. So you know the government's paying attention. Yeah. Again, there's a Rockefeller funding this. So that's one of the 12 families of the Illuminati. Now, I'm not saying the Illuminati is real. I'm just saying... This shit starts to link together in very peculiar ways. And now next episode, we're going to get into some of that really weird shit. This is only a two-parter. Uh, unfortunately, Jack's life doesn't last much longer. Yeah. Uh, it, that's not a spoiler. I'm just letting you know. So I understand that we didn't go into any murders, any blood, any guts. I get it. Look, they're coming. Uh, on the next episode, we're going to talk about how he gets tied in with Thelma, which is Aleister Crowley's Thelema. fucking... Thelema. Thelema. Thanks, yeah, buddy. Uh, that's yeah. fine. No, I'm you should say it right. Yeah. I don't want to say it wrong. Yeah. Uh, Aleister Crowley's cult... Um, how he gets tied in with the atomic bomb and where he runs into L. Ron fucking Hubbard, which, you know, we're talking science fiction shit. So, yeah. um, fuck yeah, man. I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Again, this shit's super interesting to me. It's real crazy. Uh, once I started reading about it, I knew that I had to put this out. Uh, and it's fun to do something different every once in a while. Yeah. I mean, would, would this be long under the Illuminati files? I mean, it's got to. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's borderline, you know? I mean, Rockefeller's involved. Yes. Crowley's involved. Yeah. World War II is just right around the corner. It sure is. Blows of shit. Absolutely. Rockefellers are known to fund both sides of wars, Yes, uh, especially World War II. They dibbled and dabbled. Yeah. Uh, let's shout out our fucking big patrons. What's the homie from Alien Invasion Defense System? Clayton. Clayton. 
Clayton Hayes. Clayton Hayes, uh, one of our newer patrons. Thank you so much. Uh, your band rips. We're going to keep spreading the gospel about AIDS. <laughs> it's fun to say it, too. Yeah, man. Fun to say and fun to play. It's really like the only like slam death shit I like. It's really, yeah, it's just one dude, right? Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's good. It's good shit. Legit good. Uh, Matt Mess, uh, great compatriot. Like talking to the guy. Uh, Long time patron. Everyone's being very patient with our shitty Patreon content. Bobby Henderson, of course, ran into our longtime friend Adam Fawcett in Portland. That's funny to think about because Adam's so country. Adam's in Portland? Yeah, that's where he's yeah, that's where he ran into our friend Adam. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, he lives there now? Or? No, he was just on tour. Okay. But dude, Adam's been wearing like cut off jeans and cowboy boots. Yeah. <laughs> he's a man, I love talking to him. He's out there, man. A, he's going. He's going. Uh, he's doing his own shit. Uh uh. Brian Parker, of course. Yeah. Uh, Seminole, our first patron. Yeah. Uh, true hero to us and the community. Yes. I love him. Yeah. Loves farts. Man, he loves a fart. He loves And I like to make a bad fart, so we, we've been a long time of friendship. Yeah. Uh, God damn. Man, my brain's fucked up. There's more, for sure. Uh, there was a new one. There is, man, and I'm so stupid. I'm, I'm working, guys. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm say not going to skip any motherfucker alive, I swear to God, and I'm just going to sort this out. I'm just dumb, you know? Lacey Doyle. Lacey Doyle, yes. Thank you so much. Uh, she is in that hot tier. Uh, you need to get her address, too. Lacey, we got a shirt coming your way. Yeah. Uh, I thought that it was on the Patreon thing. It's not. Uh, we're going to, but we're. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, send it to one of us. I'll send it to the shirt tomorrow. If not, Buddy's going to message you anyway. Give me the address and we'll send you that shit tomorrow. Because I'm going to San Diego this weekend and I will 100% get that shit out today. There's one more and I'm just uh, doing it. Well, you just talk for a second, buddy. Don't leave me hanging. As we get further into this, just know that when you're dealing with magic with a K, there's lots of butts and dicks and vages just going to be getting waiting to get pounded and pilfered through man we're about to enter sex country yeah <laughs> uh also alejandro palomino is a, one of our great okay, patrons yeah, yeah. that's uh kicking that sweet cash our way guys thank you so much uh that it really means the world you know it's like it's like easy to say thank you for some money shit but uh again and i say this every time uh this it started off as me and buddy dicking off in my fucking kitchen yeah you know and uh because people were actually into it we've put forth great effort and nothing makes us feel better than the fact that people actually enjoy it uh, and th- that makes us just want to make it better. Yeah. And we love you for it. Yeah, it's cool, man. There's just like minded people out there and, and, you know, in a small place like where we live at, there's not very much of that. So it's just it, yeah. and we've traveled all over and we know that there's more like metal people and yeah. people like true crime and all that. Yes. But it's just cool to like blend it as one thing and everybody's like, yes, oh, man, this is. And after cool. all the shit I talked about the Internet, this is the cool quadrant of yeah. the Internet, because everyone that's added me through this online like 99.9 percent of them have been cool as fuck uh, i'm always open to talk buddy's always open to talk yeah. hit us up anytime on any social media you can add you can join our facebook group whenever uh the, the only reason we got weird questions up top I, I know it's weird just to keep spam out that's it we don't want a bunch of robots we don't want anything happening to the group that we've cultivated yeah uh, if you if you do eat ass or you don't eat ass we don't care you, you actually don't have to answer the questions it's yeah. just silly shit it, it just keeps like be, because that's there like uh you know how you get all those fucking friend requests from like females yeah. that have large knockers but don't exist yeah poon bots it, it just keeps that away that's yeah. all uh that that's like a shield to keep that out that we learned about so uh just facebook search 
and then click on groups under the search tab, death metal dicks, click it. It's closed and private, but you can see it and then just click join and it will definitely approve you. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun for sure. Uh, we love you guys. Sure. And we will talk to you next week. I'm excited to get to the bottom of this Jack Parsons shit. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nightbringer. The oh, void. Yeah. That's the song we picked. Ooh. Black metal. Yeah. That, great band. Great band. Yeah. I've been mad at black metal this week too. This would be straight with you. Yeah, like what? Uh well, you know, not to go into great detail, but some fucking dorks around us that like the the person does not listen to black metal one. Oh yeah. They co opted this operation werewolf shit. Uh I didn't know what it was. Uh I've seen their Instagram and what their Instagram looks like is like people that like black metal and wear vests and shit like that, uh and like to power lift and like to do martial arts. Yeah. Uh, that's what it looked like. And that's fine. They just market to black metal people, basically. And then, like, you know. But it turns out to be this movement of a big dork. Yeah, it's just funny. Like, they have a web... Like, I clicked on their website and read their biography, and it's one of the most unfortunate things I've ever read. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just like... Here's the thing that black metal does. It's, uh, it's fun. It is fun to skirt the line of being, like, is this guy racist or is he not racist? Yeah. Uh, does he love Satan? Does he love Hitler? He looks like a very complicated individual. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just to make people look a certain way. Uh, yeah. So I just learned about the Operation Werewolf shit. You know, there's been racism in black metal, and uh, it's something that I can like always look past and just listen to the music. I won't. I I just I don't ever even like look into bands anymore. Yeah. If someone shows me a band and it's good, like I'm not going to look them up because I don't want to fucking know. Because most of the people involved in black metal are on some nerd ass shit. Yeah. I don't want to hear about it. I it's like the way the music the riffs, man. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And and people will whine about that too. Yeah. You can't separate the art from the artist. Like man, yes the fuck I can. I absolutely can. Don't tell me how I can. Uh, think, the, the, there's certainly and, and and if you say that to me. Uh, but in the same breath, like I absolutely was all the way done with Inquisition when I found out the guy is a child. Yeah. That's a way different scenario to me. Yeah. Everything else, man, I honestly really don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. Uh, if I like it, it's tough, you know? Uh, but the put the aesthetic is, is very cringe-inducing, you know? And uh, I, I just hate... I've, I'm full of hate, but I, I don't want to be. Yeah. And so I, I'm just basically in the, I'm taking a step back from look, I think it's looking like, at what things. the fuck? Why, why, like you're a grown, you're an adult. Yes. And you have a club. Yeah. Not a motorcycle club. But that, that's not cool either to me. That's not cool either. No. Just to have friends. It's just like, man, why do you have to try so hard? Yes. Why that's can't you just like hang out with shit. your friends? You know what I'm saying? It's like. We train with blades and guns. It's like, that's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, God. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolute facts, but uh, Black Metal, I'm mad at you. Get your shit together. Fucking, if you like, uh, and and even on the other side, like, there's uh, that Neckbeard Death Camp. That band's fine. I can't remember the other one, but it's some guy, like, going hard against, um, like, racist shit, which in, in concept is good, but it's so heavy-handed because it's the flavor of the week, you yeah. know? It's just like way overdoing something to like fit into what's cool right now. It's and like I hate that. Have your own fucking thinking, you know, that fucking fourth grade yo-yo bullshit. Yes, absolutely. It's fidget spinners. Like just fucking yeah. make up your own mind for God's sake. Please just do it. All right. Hey guys, we're going to see you next week and we'll be rant free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hell man. fucking yeah. Woo. Eat ass this week. Do it. Munch one. Pop some cheeks open. Run those cheeks. Uh, with your t- Yeah, all right. <laughs>